The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Just want to uh, switch things up just uh, a little bit uh, here and talk about this. There's been plenty of news regarding eating red meat in the past 24 hours. There's a, a team of international researchers says, while eating red meat is linked to cancer and heart disease, the risks are not big enough um, you know, to give them up or to tell people to give them up. In a series of papers published today, the researchers say the increased risks are small and uncertain and that cutting back likely wouldn't be worth it for people who enjoy red meat. Take a listen. Research published in the Annals of Internal Medicine suggests there's little to no health benefits to reducing red meat consumption and that adults should continue to consume it as usual. Bradley Johnson is the study's author. The benefits of abstaining from meat are uncertain and if they do exist, they're very small. The Canadian Cancer Society tells Global News it's standing by its advice of limiting red meat consumption to three servings per week to reduce the risk of colorectal cancer. Dietitians can understand there's mixed messages here. As a dietitian, my nutrition recommendations are still the same. Lalitha Taylor says if you choose to eat red meat, it should be done in moderation and part of a healthy diet. Brianna Carnegie, Global News. And you know, there's been a huge push over the past year on those plant-based alternatives to meat products like Beyond Meat. They're making a big splash in the market. But will those options change eating habits anytime soon? And, and what is um, the meat-eating behavior of Canadians. Uh, Dr. Ellen Goddard is a professor of agriculture marketing and business at the University of Alberta. Doctor, um, what's a proper way to say your last name before we get going? (laughs) Goddard is fine. Goddard. Okay, sorry about that. (laughs) I accept all sorts. (laughs) All right. Well, I try to get it right 99% of the time. Um, I, I, you know, maybe not sure if I'm putting you on the spot here, but with that report that came out in the past 24 hours about, uh, you know, saying, well, red meat is linked to cancer and heart disease, the risk not necessarily big enough to tell people to give them up. Your thoughts on that? Um, I think uh, (laughs) we have to recognize that nutrition is not uh, a kind of science that we can actually put people in a lab for 10 years and follow (laughs) their diet exactly and figure out exactly what the medical implications are. So there often are different kinds of studies. And they did a meta-analysis to try and pull the conclusions from from studies that even themselves were done using different methods. So sometimes we're trying to draw um, causation from studies Mm. where we just look at patterns Mm. in what the population eats. And sometimes we have randomized control trials, but they're not super long usually. You can't control people for that long. Doctor, you have said in the past that tracking what Canadians eat, um, you know, we, we need to do a better job of that. How is it done and, and what should we be looking at doing? Okay, so there's a couple <laughs> of ways of doing it. Often um, p- people do things that are either called food frequency questionnaires. So you ask people how frequently they eat foods and remember that's by memory. Okay. Or you ask people for a 24-hour dietary recall of everything they ate in the previous 24 hours. And even that is difficult, mm-hmm. and it'll be how, how the person remembers. And usually what we don't remember very well is the <laughs> amounts that we actually ate because we don't even measure them when we're eating. Um, so and you can lots get- of European <laughs> countries will do 24-hour dietary recalls every six months or so so that they can monitor what's going on. Yeah. 
we did one in 2003, I think, in 2015. So not not very regularly. No, no. And, and why do you think it's important that we do do it? I I, I don't think we actually understand um, some of these linkages. And I will also say that the linkages between food consumption and health are likely to be um, context-specific. So uh, other things in your life, like how easy it is to get physical exercise and other things, will confound the results. And um, we're a relatively well-off country. We spend very little money on food. So it's important to know where we're eating and what we're choosing to eat when we're out versus at home and all kinds of things yeah. that come out in 24-hour dietary recalls that we have only hazy notions yeah. about in Canada. And, you know, it's interesting, you know, I my, my Weight Watchers app, which I put all my food in, and I can be quite selective in what I want to remember or forget when I'm putting in that app, you know. So when you talk about that recall, that 24-hour, you know, whether it's a journaling thing, I mean, it, yeah, it's... Uh, there's also, when yeah. you're doing a survey, when Stats Canada calls you up and says, I yeah. want you to tell me everything you ate, <laughs> there's a pretty good chance that we filter and don't say that we ate um, three of those small tubs of ice cream because we were really, really <laughs> feeling like it. Just because of social norm bias, we yeah. would be worried about them thinking we're silly or something yeah well want to talk to you uh, one of the reasons that we dialed you up this afternoon we want to talk a little bit about these you know the, the plant-based alternatives also uh, the study on on meat eating behavior this canadian study on meat eating uh behavior which was interesting i think the date the data was collected back in in 2016 now you know, first off i i have not tried any of this beyond meat stuff i have not i have no i really don't have any interest in trying any of it um it seems to have made a fairly big split Splash over the past year, year and a half. Um, is do you think that it's going to gain any sort of major foothold anytime soon, and and, and really lead to changing the way that we consume eat or or consume meat or plant based foods? Um, I do think it's a, a trend, and mm. I do think it will grow. Uh, the speed at which it will grow, though, I I can't hazard a guess my my suspicions from the analysis we've done is um it's not going to take over 50 percent of the population mm. at any stretch but at a, i mean at any time soon but what i what i do think is i think people are always looking for variety yeah i think part of the huge uptake has been oh my god it's new i should try it yeah. Um, how often people go back to it after they try it? We're only there's only starting to be um, some data collected on that. But remember, we have to put this in context. We're, there's also going to be increased pressure to eat insect-based products. Mm -hmm. In Europe, they're already selling insect-made hamburgers and meatballs and stuff like that in grocery stores as a suggestion that it's more environmentally friendly protein than some others. And we're going to have the cell-based meat products, which are made in labs. Yeah. Coming, yeah. you know, by the end of the year, possibly. Mm. Um, they're still going to be pricey. Um, but I think people will also want to try those to see what they're like. Yeah, did, yeah, well, I think, yeah, some people might. I think other people are like, I hear about the cell-based ones. And for some reason in my mind, that just, it just kind of freaks me out a little bit. It just, um, it's like Frankenmeat or something. I, I, I don't know. It just, um, and, and yeah. It, the push for natural underlies a lot of this. Because yeah. if you ask people beyond price and taste and all that stuff, that, 
being natural will come next. So how people interpret it as natural or not natural, I don't know. Yeah, how difficult is it to break, though, those food habits? I mean, food habits are developed over a lifetime. Um, and to trying to get people to, to, to change or to, to, to sway their eating habits, that's going to be a, that's, that's a huge job. It's um, cultural, it's social, it definitely is um, what, what you grew up with resonates for your entire life. But you might see a change. When I, uh, I tell my students, when I was growing up, if I went home after school and asked my mother what was for dinner, I would expect her to tell me the meat, but I wouldn't expect her to tell me much else. <laughs> she would say chicken or yeah, yeah. But nowadays, um, if people go home and ask their mother, they're likely to say, we're having Thai for dinner, mm. we're having spaghetti for dinner. We're, um, so things do evolve across time. It might take a whole generation to really evolve. What we're finding in our research, and this is regardless of what country we do it in, is that the people that are most comfortable eating meat and seem to eat meat the most frequently out of, out of the people in the population are the ones that are really resistant to the idea of giving up meat consumption. Uh, okay. And they are the ones that say, no, my intention to reduce is tiny, if at all. And uh, they're also the ones that pay, um, from an Australian study, pay the least attention to some of the stuff on the labels, like the uh, animal welfare status of the animals that were raised in production. It's almost like we really like this is is sort of the way they talk about it and then it seems from their actions and from their intended actions that they don't want to know too much more because they don't want to change their behavior Uh Uh so the and most of the people in the population um of a country like canada are in the relatively high meat eating category so that implies the majority of them are not going to change too much yeah, you know what, uh, let's get, just, if you can hold on for just a second, I need to take a quick break here. Let's talk a little bit more about the intention to reduce the reasons kind of around it and some of those um, influences on behavior when it comes to to meat eating and, and staying there or maybe willingness to try something else. Dr. Ellen, uh, Go- I'm going to mess uh, up again, Goddard, Goddard is joining us this afternoon, a food marketing expert at the University of Alberta, professor of agriculture marketing and business there. Uh, we'll talk more about this right after this. We're talking about uh, plant-based alternative foods, red meat. Dr. Ellen Goddard joining us this afternoon uh, from the University of Alberta. Doctor, you know, you kind of looked into this this study, this Canadian study of meat-eating behavior, um, and uh, you looked at some of the variables which influence behavior, which I found really, really interesting. Did can we go? I'd, I'd like to go through a couple of them and and get um, uh, you know you uh, for you to t- detail some of the results of it. When it comes to age, are are younger people more willing to maybe change things up, or older people? Well, the interesting thing is there's a couple of um, aspects to that. I think the younger people are definitely. It depends on how you pitch the question. Younger <laughs> people are definitely interested in trying um, new things and they're not as wedded um, in some senses to things from the past. Um, My son's a perfect example. He loves um, organic stuff and I keep saying that I'm a conventional agriculture (laughs) um, person from a career perspective. Um, But uh, older people um, naturally eat less meat 
across time. I don't, I'm, I'm not going to hazard a guess about your behavior, but I'm getting quite old now, and I notice that my portion sizes are smaller, and I buy less at the grocery store, depending on who I'm cooking for that week. Um, so I think as our population is aging, we're going to, in aggregate, eat less meat, mm. um, which is um, which is okay. But the older people are not the ones that are easily attracted by the new innovation, um, and they're also less convinced that their eating habits are bad for the environment yeah. or things like animal welfare. The younger people are much more easily uh, wedded to the idea that their own personal eating is, is important when you consider environmental outcomes and their own personal eating is very important for social things such as animal welfare, you know, ethics, um, slavery in the shrimp supply chain, um, you know, all of those kind of things are, are bigger drivers of their behavior. Yeah, you know, it was interesting, and I um, when it when it looks at when you look at at, at climate climate change and and um, the 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 meat industry, I when I was reading about it, I, I wasn't I, I I wasn't aware that it um, the impacts um, that um, that are made on on. Uh, how do I say it? That the, the, the impact that the the, the 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 industry has on the climate, I, I wasn't aware of that to that extent. Yeah, and it varies by animal um, quite considerably. And the worry is that um, dairy animals and um, beef cows and sheep, which are ruminants, um, generate um, carbon dioxide, yeah. or more likely methane, that is um, bad for the environment. But And some studies have come out and said on that basis alone, one should stop eating meat. Mm. And you can see a reaction and you can see a a pushback also. And then the studies start flying. Um, (laughs) The scientists will look at, is grass-based better than grain-based and all of these different um, technical assessments. And I think, oh my goodness, the consumer is going to get completely confused in the middle of this. But I think our research results are starting to show that if you're a pretty committed uh, person in terms of a broad swath of environmental behaviors, like you're actually somebody that thinks twice about taking flights, um, you know, you're you're pushing to buy an electric car, mm. you've changed your light bulbs, you know, all of these sorts of environmentally friendly behaviors, then the meat eating is going to be part of that. Interesting. Quite clearly. So if you're somebody who doesn't um, feel those yeah. things quite so strongly, then maybe you think great i'm eating meat but the one thing i that is super important <laughs> is your social circle i was going to ask so, you about that yes your social so, norms yeah so if you're in a group of people and gradually they're all saying well i'm eating less meat and uh, what about you and oh my goodness that's a huge hamburger or <laughs> whatever then then you are seriously going to change your behavior because you don't like to be out of line with your social circle and i guess people will start thinking about it when they have people over for dinner and they think, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't have that because I'm not sure what the rest of the people will think about if I have that. Maybe, I don't know, past is easier or less controversial. So some of those things are are quite important. What about income? So income is interesting. Um, So in some cases, 
um, the people that um, uh, have higher incomes seem to be associated with higher meat-eating frequency. But on the same token, if we ask people if they think it's expensive, that doesn't seem to discourage them from eating it. And remember, in Canada, we have a very, very low proportion of our disposable income is spent on food. Doesn't mean we don't want to save money on food, but still, it's not like buying an expensive cut of meat is going to seriously impact um, the majority of the population. Unfortunately, there are people in the population who yeah. um, certain foods are beyond their means, and I like to make sure that yeah, it didn't absolutely. happen in the future. But for most people, it's not going to make that big a difference. And I think especially the older people who are eating less quantity, they're actually looking for higher quality and they may be willing to pay a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So we don't find that that, um, that that the cost is a huge reason for people cutting back. Interesting. Uh, Dr. Goddard, I want to thank you for joining me this afternoon. Interesting and uh, lots to think about, isn't there? There's, there's a lot to think about, although I, I'm not going to think twice about eating a Beyond uh, Beef or Meat Burger, whatever it is, because I don't even want to try it. <laughs> <laughs> No, thank you. Apparently, you can be, you're going to be able to have it at every place in yeah, the future. Yeah. It's going to be a choice, though. So I don't know whether that'll make a difference to people's <laughs> behavior either. Well, yeah, and, and try me on the insects, too. The crickets, I did. I, I have eaten crickets before um, in Mexico, but there might have been some tequila involved. I have to be honest <laughs> with you on that one. <laughs> thank you for joining me this afternoon. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Take care. Dr. Ellen Goddard from the University of Alberta.